Welcome to Stacy on the Right, and I'm so glad to have you here today on the podcast. We have with us someone I've been waiting to interview. I mean, I've literally been planning on interviewing her for two months now. We're finally making it happen. It's Shamika Michelle. She's an author, political contributor to The Blaze TV, and a podcast host. She is a fire starter on Twitter. Also, when she's on television, whether it's Fox News primetime or The Blaze or anywhere else, it's always, um, it's like someone lit a candle and all of a sudden you can see because of her clarity. She's at Shamika Michelle on Twitter. Shamika, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me, Stacey. I'm excited. Okay, so um, we first just can quickly, I, I know you have thoughts on how politics affects the black community. I know I've, I've always felt like it's a subject that it gets talked around, but it doesn't actually get talked through. Um, we know that Democrats own the black vote and President Trump took a little bit of that away. But for the most part, we're talking about at least 85 and usually over 90 percent of blacks voting for the Democrats at all times on every subject, on every issue, local, state and federal. And the results of that have been disastrous. But what's your take on why we still have that situation? I think for a lot of people, politics is just like, it's almost like reading the Bible, the King James Version, where you just feel like it's too difficult or it's too much. And unless you actually sit down to pay attention, it's just something that you would rather go around. I think the most they talk about, I know where I grew up, of of going to vote was just making sure you do it because of how your ancestors fought for the right to vote. So I know a lot of people that will tell you, I don't get into politics. However, every election, they post a picture with themselves with the I voted sticker on it. So I'm thinking if you don't get into politics, but you want to make sure you post a picture that you voted, what in God's name are you voting for? And do you know and do you care how this affects your family first and the community around you? And I think a lot of people do not know. Okay, so they know that the Republicans are racist and that the Democrats care about minorities and pretty much beyond that, not not much more. That's it. I can remember even uh, being a little girl, remembering when Ronald Reagan won. I remember hearing my family be so upset and saying things like, oh, he's the Antichrist because his name was Ronald Wilson Reagan and all Uh, Three names had six letters each. And so early on, I formed the opinion because they spoke so highly of uh, Jimmy Carter. I formed the opinion early on that white Democrats good, white Republicans racist, evil, satanic. Like I just had all the negative words just from listening to my family kind of fall apart over him, him winning the presidential race. And so I think that That's all we know, because that's all I knew. Once I was old enough to register to vote, I registered unaffiliated. I don't even know why I registered unaffiliated, but I know for sure that I voted Democrat um, up until 2016. Just because, just because that's what my family did, because everyone that's, you know, everyone I knew voted that. That's what they talked about in church. Anytime politicians came, they were always Democrat politicians. So yeah, that's I all noticed I that. Yeah, as an adult, we noticed that when we first moved to St. Louis, we attended a, a black church 
and we loved it. I mean, we, I couldn't have loved that church anymore. But after we'd been going there for a few years, a, they had a, a politician here, Lacey Clay, who the Lacey Clay dynasty was destroyed by Cori Bush. Uh, she came out of the Bernie bro tra- tradition and completely knocked them out of that seat. They'd been in it for, I want to say, 50 years. The dad passed it on to the son, and he was about to pass it on to one of his relatives, and Cori Bush came and unseated him. But before that, he was he's like political royalty. If he showed up at your church, you know, it was bowing and scraping and ushering him up to the front. He would get in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And he would say ungodly things right before or after the pastor would crack the Bible open and preach the word. And so he came and spoke to us. And then the pastor kind of came along behind him and supported his statements. And I was like, but that does like the Bible doesn't say that. And my husband and I thought then, well, I mean, we're not going to just up and leave this church today, but we should probably look around a little bit and see if we can find a church that matches up with what the word of God says and what we know um, our politics should be as Christians. And from there, it was, it's was it been a wild ride, an adventure to not only find that, but to keep that in mind with politics, because politics is just a tool. And I think the, the reason why we have so many black Americans who, like you said, the King James Version, um, you know, you really have to be raised on the King James Version or you have to be intent on studying it to understand the words because they're out of date. They're, you know, they've gone past usage and we use other more modern words. Right. But that's kind of an excuse, though, because... You know, just like you can get different translations of the Bible, you can find YouTube videos and things to explain issues to you, and you can make up your mind based on whatever your moral values are founded upon. And I think for Black America, you know, our time has come. That that To me, the reason you're here with me talking today, Shamika, is because that time has come. I remember seeing you at the White House at the Black History Month reception, and you took a picture on one of those couches, and you had on a long ball gown length skirt, and it was this fabulous image that you shared online. And I was like, this is the future young women coming in and women with style and grace who also have a very sharp tongue and a pointed opinion, opinionated point of view coming in and bringing that truth so that people who are attracted to that will listen because a lot of us have been talking, but not everyone has been listening to what we've been saying. I've been speaking the truth for years now, but I need, I need someone to say it who's going to bring it to the ears that haven't heard me. And I think that's you and and uh, Sharice and, and so many others who are, are now dominating this 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 area. Well, first of all, let me say thank you for considering me as young. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're new. I think you I think you look yeah. young. You know, the black doesn't crack. Come on. Yeah. So I'm like, ooh, say that again. I appreciate it. But yes, you know, I think that that's so important because I've heard people say oh, what's the point? You know, Black people are just going to continue to vote the same way. But when I think about how my views have changed, first of all, I feel like I had a lot of the same views that I was just voting wrong. So the fact that I feel like I was able to come into the knowledge and see things differently and really find an interest and want to know more, I feel like anybody can. So I don't really, I haven't given up on the community as some people have, although we vote predominantly Democrat. I just really want to get the message to people because I feel I feel like when they realize, oh, I'm voting wrong, because it's not even that so much their views have to change. They just have to make sure their views and what they really believe line up with how they're voting. And so I think if we get that word out, it'll it'll be better. But 
for so long, you just we just based everything on emotion. Oh, that person doesn't care about me. Oh, that person doesn't like me. That person's racist. And, you know, we have to get past allowing them to pull our heartstrings and snatch us around by emotions and start saying, because my kids all went to charter schools and when my oldest daughter went into school, it was predominantly white. By the time my youngest daughter went through that same school, it was predominantly black. So I feel like, especially when it comes to things like school choice, black parents just need to kind of know, you know, there are a lot of Democrats that's against your right to have a choice in where you send your child. You know, I think things like that. If you kind of make it every day, like, oh, this is something that I can pinpoint would um, affect me every day, then maybe people will start listening. Mm, okay, so I love that. So let's let's move into another area where I feel like we need more voices. And fortunately, unfortunately, those voices need to be female. And the reason is because the, the men are in a death spiral of you're toxic if you're a man. If you defend yourself against toxic masculinity, the defense is toxic and you are therefore a toxic male and they can't get out of that spiral. And it's women who have put them there and it might be possibly be that it'll be women who get them out of it. What's your take on the toxic masculinity label? I, well, this is what I say. If masculinity is toxic, then I want to be poisoned because that, that's what I, I need the manly men who are going to get things done. And what I've seen over the you know last several years is there's this attack on masculinity. To me, what's toxic is the absence of masculinity. What's toxic, I think, is women running the show. What's toxic is how we have destroyed the nuclear family. And, you know, while I have no issue with people choosing who they want to lay with at night, it seems as if what we continue to push is homosexuality and we're pushing it younger and younger and younger. And at the same time saying we don't need men and we've seen the effects of it, especially in the black community with the amount of single parent homes, it has been very hurtful for us as a community because the family has been destroyed because of what we are allowing to happen to men. Yeah. And, you know, so, Shamika, the thing that you, you said, the thing you said at the beginning, um, I, I feel the same way. If if So I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be in a relationship. I've been married for 25 years. I don't want my husband to be feminine. The reason right. I love him, the reason I want to be with him, the reason that attracted to me, to me to him initially was that he is masculine because I am feminine and I want a masculine male. So mm-hmm. there, there is no, there are no men without masculinity. Now, men have other sides to themselves. They're multifaceted and complex individuals. But to take away the thing that is basically the foundational building block of a man, the masculinity, the testosterone uh, effect, to take that away is to say that we want a society that is just a bunch of different variations of females. And that doesn't sound fun to me at all, right? Because it's not just the men when we're talking about our spouse, our significant other. It's also my son. We, my husband and I have a son. I don't want him to be feminine. 
I enjoy right. the fact that he's masculine because we have daughters and he is not a daughter. He is a son. So, you know, there these are differences that God made, but also we enjoy because we enjoy difference and variance and variety. That is what human beings crave. So it's almost, it's so basically fundamentally wrong to characterize men as toxic masculine or to call men toxic masculinity, to, to use that verbiage. It's kind of like, it's almost like they destroy themselves by even saying it, but yet this stuff is, it's rampant. The the uh, the terminology is used, the criticism is leveled, and a lot of men have just kind of shrunk back and they're like, well, I can game, I can earn a good living, I can have a nice condo, I don't need women like this. And that's dangerous for us too. Oh, for sure. And I think faith comes by hearing. So if you're constantly telling a man he's terrible or he's unwanted or you don't need him, like you said, okay, you know, I give up then. And I think sometimes it's easier to just throw your hands up and walk away than try and fight and, and really break through what's happening. What I want to know, though, is how old is your son? Because I have three daughters and I am really worried, <laughs> of, you know, for them. <laughs> because I'm really seeing so much femininity that I'm thinking how I'm raising my daughters will they even be able to grow up and get married and have a masculine man? Because we're pushing so much femininity, even on young boys that I, I, as a mother, I'm worried. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, Shamika, he'll be 21 in April and he's in college. So he has a couple years left, but I, I have similar thoughts for him. And he's even told me because he's, he's very politically astute and he's looked up videos online about, you know, there's, there's a group of men who, they've basically sworn off of the the traditional American experience of, you know, getting an education or a trade or some kind of a skill and then finding a wife and then settling down and making a family. They said they're skipping over all that because they don't want to earn and and use their their experience and education to create a life only to have a woman get mad at them one day because they didn't bring home the right latte and then divorce them and take 50% of what they earn. And they are a significant community online on YouTube. We're talking about tens of thousands of young men who have sworn off of our culture. And then on top of that, Shamika, they they have made it cool because they are a people group. They're their own little group. So they they get together and they talk and they 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 share their experiences and and you know, confirmation bias is real. They when they go out in the world and they meet a rapid feminist with purple hair who, you know, hates them and treats them like trash, then they come back to the group and say, See, I met another one today. It's true, we'll never find anyone like the traditional women that used to exist before. But the fact is those traditional women exist because your daughters are real. My daughters are real. They're very traditional. They're feminine. They do not believe in toxic masculinity. So it's our job to continue to encourage these young men and these young women to understand that there's actually a marriage market out there. And that marriage market is populated by people like your kids and mine who are looking for lifelong marriages with individuals who actually can think for themselves, who don't um, ascribe to this woke ideology. So, you know, I'm... I want to encourage them, but it is very discouraging for kids nowadays to see the world that we're leaving to them as they're growing up and stepping out. Yes, which is why I say that people like you and I have to speak more, speak louder, and get our voices heard in more places. Because I definitely think there are more women and men that still have traditional values and want to live traditional lives, but the ones that get the the largest platform or get the mic 
are the ones that are pushing such negativity in the community. So I'm just trying to be hopeful. Somebody asked me the other day, like, what's my goal? And I'm saying just to get the message in more households, because I feel like we, the other people have been so loud for so long that it's just kind of, you know, drowned our voices out that and it makes it seem as if we don't exist because I hear men say all the time oh you're a unicorn and I'm thinking I'm really not because I do talk to women all the time that are traditional that are feminine that want a masculine man that believe the man is is the head you know but you just don't get to hear from them much and a lot not only do you not get to hear from them they're ridiculed so much for being traditional that a lot of them have just decided, you know, I'm just going to live my life quietly. But it's, that's not, not helpful when you think of the young people coming behind us, when you say there's a whole community that just feels like, you know, they don't exist. We have to speak up and speak out and be louder because it matters for those coming behind us. It does. And so I'm going to just go ahead and out there on the limb as we're closing out the podcast today. Shamika, Michelle, I hope you will join me on SiriusXM at night and come and bring some of this. This is just amazing. I love it so much, the the truth. And then also, um, we're going to have a roundtable. And I'm hoping that you and I can get together on that and have you be one of my roundtable guests. It's a discussion between me and two other newsmakers like yourself um, an extended discussion. So instead of a shorter interview where we take a few issues and really talk about them and expose them so people can understand them better. Um, it's been so great to have you here today. Thank you for having me. And I would love to come back anytime or participate in any other things that you're doing. We have to get the message out. I love it. Okay, so she's at Shamika Michelle on Twitter. You are also on the Blaze TV as a contributor, and I've seen your work there, and I love it so much. So um, you keep rocking. Happy New Year, Shamika, and thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Happy New Year. All right, that was the podcast, and you know what to do. Head over to StaceyOnTheRight.com and FamilyVisionMedia.org to find out more about what we're doing and to listen to the other podcast offerings that we have. I'll be back with you again soon.